0: Hello, 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 hello. How is everyone doing, Rebecca? It's just you. So how are you doing?
1: <laughs> Me and everyone, are, we're doing great. <laughs> we do really, really well, Kara. Thanks for asking. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> how are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's been, um, it's been kind of an interesting last two days because I feel a little delirious sitting in my seat because I've been doing mm. a lot of work, but it's been good work. Um, which I'm really excited, but everyone will just have to wait to the end of the episode to find out what it is that I've been working on so diligently with Rebecca, of course. Um, But before we get into that, we are joined today by the lovely and wonderful Amy Tiong. She's a director, a photographer, choreographer, um, also pursuing a master's degree in in nutrition, which is freaking awesome. Um, And... Amy just has such a great outlook on life I think and is very so eloquent and Mm -hmm. very intentional and I think you're really gonna like this episode so sit back and enjoy
2: I am Amy B. Tiong. I am based out of Connecticut in New York right now. I'm a filmmaker. Um, I'm also a grad student right now, and I'm currently working at Vice Media as a production assistant while freelance directing. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. Incredible. I can't, I can't even, <laughs> have, I mean, I'm working right now and I can't imagine also getting a degree <laughs> while doing that. Like, it just seems like, I mean, a master's degree, no less. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. At most respect I
2: often forget that I'm getting my master's I'm not gonna lie like sometimes I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got homework well I think right now with the because we moved online during the pandemic it's it's been like really interesting just in terms of you know the it's a gift and a curse to build your own schedule for sure <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: definitely definitely we have a lot of really like beefy cool questions yes. in here but we generally <laughs> like to start in the beginning how did you get into filmmaking and, you know, how'd you get to where you are right now? I mean, you just listed a few really amazing jobs that you do. So what, what led you on this path?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I don't have like the typical film school kid answer. Like I, I mm-hmm. wasn't someone who walked around with a camcorder, um, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, and who like always knew, uh, it's actually funny. Cause I, I always like to say that when I was going into high school, I distinctly remember, um, my parents made me apply to a bunch of prep schools because you know they're really big on education and mm-hmm. believe I can get a scholarship and just wanted a better education for me. Um, but I would go into the room and they would ask me what I wanted to do and I said I wanted to be a coroner, and wow. I, I just remember <laughs> the faces of all these admission students, be, like people being like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know what my complete logic. Behind it was, but I, I used to say, you know, I, I felt like I was finishing a story in a way. Um, and, you know, yeah. S- yeah. speaking for people who couldn't talk for themselves. And I, I just, I've always been really big into the sciences. Um, yeah. But then the reality kind of hit where I was like, I don't think I could like look at dead bodies, let alone like dead body <laughs> genitalia. Like, I don't think I can do that all day. Yeah. Um,
0: you, and- I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you know that? I'm sorry, this is so horrible, but do you know that TikTok that's like, yo, dude, that kid is hardcore goth. Like, that's all I can think of right now.
2: <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, No, it's, it's completely fine. And I mean, I think the weirder thing is that I'm, like, a very soft-spoken person. So I think it was just, like, unex- unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then I thought I was going to go, like, become a doctor or a trauma mm-hmm. surgeon. Kind of found mm-hmm. it, like, going on that route. But um, I knew you kind of get a sense that, at least for me, I kind of got a sense that I wasn't going to do anything momentous in those fields. Like, I didn't feel like I would make a mark. Like, I I didn't think I would be bad at it. I just, I didn't feel flow within, yeah. you know, those things. And I think you kind of get that early on if you're trying to pursue something and you don't feel it coming. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, I stumbled upon art. I was really into photography and music and filmmaking was just kind of a way that you combine both things. Oh, and I, I thought that, that. was really yeah. cool yeah i I always say that like yeah music and photo are like my first loves and huge fan of like sally Mann and gregory crudson and oh amazing
0: um, yeah great tr-
2: tr- trying to transfer that feeling you get when you see you know these photographs into a moving medium um but yeah yeah so in high school i my friend actually started a film club and it was like <laughs> cool. hilarious because it was just us two, like, nobody else showed up, because we would show things, but, like, the big Lebowski, and, like, yeah. Tarkovsky, and, you know, 16 and 17 year olds were like, could we, like, watch Mean Girls, and which is fine, <laughs> I love that film, right. but it was just us two watching these films on repeat, and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I guess, and filmmaking had become a way of, I would later figure out, like, healing for me, and just, mm. you know, expressing myself, and just a medium of yeah connecting with other people so that's how i kind of got deeper into it um but yeah yeah
1: amazing i I love that even when you said that you wanted to be a coroner, you're like it's about finishing someone's story and speaking for people who no longer have a voice
0: i think it's it's like like you're a natural born storyteller which is beautiful
2: thank you yeah yeah Yeah. i always think i like to try to tell yeah stories of that should be shared. That yeah. Been. So I guess it does. It does connect. <laughs> no, I
1: mean I definitely like, in my head. Yeah, I mean when you were saying that, I was like, oh, it's really interesting that you said that. Um, yeah, I love that.
0: <laughs> Rebecca and I both really love your photography and what you have both on your Instagram and also on your website at Display. And um, I was I'm really drawn to your collections too because you have these selections of photos and they go so well together. Which by the way, everyone should go um check out Amy's website amytyong.com right
2: a-m-y-t-i sorry amy b Tiong, yeah sorry
0: was yes too- sorry amy b A M Y B T I O N G a-m-y-b-t-i-o-n-g.com um it's a lovely place to be but also to view all of amy's work and it might be really helpful like while we're talking about it to just like look at it so just saying, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> we first, we first saw also this quote you have by Saul Bellow, which is art has something to do with the achievement of stillness in the midst of chaos, which I think is particularly well reflected not only in your photography but also in your film Bittersweet, which we'll get to. Um, how do you approach your photography, and what are your mom- what are the moments that you seek to capture? Ah,
2: that's a great question. Um, <laughs> oh, <Rebecca>. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I- <laughs> <laughs> I I it's funny cuz I photo now I kind of stick to uh polaroids um uh-huh. and capturing an instant Yeah. Uh, but I back in the day I I always gravitated to- towards like analog and I I hate saying that cuz it sounds a little pretentious but um <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to go to a school that had a you know a dark room and mm. that's kind of where I found my space and the idea of stillness it's very meditative um and uh I at the time I always like to kind of set the stage like I so it's just a funny transition from like setting my photographs to now kind of having to be in the instant mm-hmm. um but um yeah I think for me I, when I started off in photo it was all about kind of you know coming up with a theme for the collection and what I wanted to talk about at that moment um mm-hmm. but then also having the aesthetic be something that I felt was pleasing obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and in a way I was always kind of keeping the science element into it I think one of my favorite series I had uh, literally laid like textures on the print before printing on them oh, cool. before yeah. exposing light onto them um yeah so that was just like a way of playing with texture into the into the photos and then um yeah I, I haven't actually done dark photos since high school so I think that's why I'm <laughs> a little but like uh, we could talk yeah. about
0: also your, your, your moments of you know Polaroid and, and what yeah. you've gravitated yeah, towards and, and, and it, which is so different and I mean I, I have a lot of Polaroid film but I'm always afraid to use it which I feel like defeats the purpose <laughs> like <laughs> <kind of laughs> not the point so yeah maybe what are your thoughts on that and, and, and how has that evolved for you
2: yeah um i think you know with photo now having a phone it's always like you take like mm-hmm. a million photos and you're yeah. not really like mindful of it right yeah, so i yeah. think the polaroid having like eight exposures really requires you to be like meticulous about it um, and mm-hmm. intentional and i think not only do i hope to do that with my art but just in life <laughs> um, yeah i yeah i was thinking about my relationship but just with social media and like you know obviously we're in an industry that is like you should post, but I also really want to be like intentional with what I post, yeah, um, yeah. and hope that yeah, people I get like that a lot, yeah, yeah, that and just hope that people get something from it. So I I mm-hmm. I think I think about that with my photos as well, um, whether it's like I hope someone else gets something from it or just myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Being intentional
1: with it, I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was there one particular like Polaroid that you snagged where you're like? after the fact you're like wow this is so great <laughs> like you weren't expecting it to be that way in the moment
2: ah oh, that's a good question um yeah I, there was there's like this one photo I it's like of, of kids playing outside of their house and mm. they were just playing with a bunch of bubbles oh, um photo. and and uh yeah I think like I I don't usually capture like children in my photos so mm. but I for some reason I was like I asked the parents obviously I wasn't being creepy but <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, just like that, the the joy in that moment I got was pretty cool, and I, yeah, and interacting with more um, documentary style photography, yeah, which yeah. is something I always felt a little shy about. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we can go into a whole thing about that too. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I'm currently working on a documentary project, like a short doc oh, that cool. was sponsored, uh, commissioned by Picture Start. They gave like a small grant through one of their programs. not grant commission through one of their programs and i decided to do my project on murdered and missing indigenous women. um and i found people who uh, really advocate for the movement who were runners so i kind of combined the idea of running for advocacy and particularly in indigenous Mm -hmm. culture what that means Mm -hmm. um oh my god and (laughs) thank you yeah um but it's it was something completely different for me because I didn't always do docs and uh, just learning how to be a mindful director and just a mindful human and like using mm-hmm. my assets and
0: mm-hmm. my
2: skills and my tool set, but not, you know, overstepping, really letting the subjects lead the story. Um, yeah. But also just like, yeah, I-, I guess learning the confidence of being like my... Knowing what my intentions are, right? Like right, my yeah. intention is to tell your story and not to not to overstep. It, it's just funny because I think there's a bunch of, you know, male documentarians who don't even think about it. And yeah, I yeah, was well, like, every step of the way, being like, "Am I being intrusive? Am I?" But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, two of the runners I worked with so far, Verna Walker, who uh, started Native Woman Running, mm-hmm. and Joyden Bring Three Horses Daniels, who founded um, Rising Hearts. They're just so great, um, and one of the quotes they shared, uh, you know, is that "our women go missing three times: um, once in life, once in statistics, and once in the media." Um, wow. And just understanding where I can play a role in that, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that gave yeah. me chills. I wow. Yeah. I mean, it's such important work that you're tackling, and I can't wait to see it. Like, that's pretty impressive. absolutely. Yeah, I. I guess we kind of arrived. At the sort of at the back end of this question that I have formulating in my head which is like I want to ask about you to, to elaborate a little bit more about the differences between like directing and doc for the first time versus narrative but I think we should explore what you've done narratively first maybe that would help answer that question better later on yeah. too <laughs> so maybe we could just jump right into talking about um, bittersweet first and like and maybe also your your other directorial work before then, um, I guess my question with Bittersweet is, like, where did the idea come from? Um, how did you go about, what was, like, the writing process like?
2: Absolutely. Uh, And then we could,
0: you know, then directing and so on, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, so, Bittersweet, you know, my friend sent me a website and was like, hey, they're looking for pitches, and, um, I was kind of in a position where during the pandemic, I think I had, you know, a bunch of ideas floating in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this particular uh, pitch was asking for something that you felt only you can tell. So I guess I took that as like a personal story. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to continue exploring, you know, what I like stylistically. And I've always gravitated towards experimental, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, thriller type. Yeah, I grew up on Hitchcock Road and I like to say that kind (laughs) of... doomed me to liking like you know Hitchcock and Lynch (laughs) and yeah so I was trying to think like how can I combine those aesthetics that I like along with like a personal story um and to be very honest I think the pandemic had you know for me someone who struggled with body positivity and just um self-image and my relationship with food uh being in a pandemic where you're home a lot and like yeah that that really made me like ruminate on it a lot more, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, you know, it was kind of a process of healing for me. So I was like, why don't I like write about it, right? <laughs> why don't I try to be as honest as I can about it? Because you know, I, I think with storytelling, if you're vulnerable, if you're honest, someone out there is gonna relate. Um, and especially with uh, yeah. those particular issues, um, so, you know, someone once said, uh, yeah. being a woman in America is having, like, disordered image. <laughs> and I, I don't even think it's in America. I think it's, you know, in today's society in the world. And, um, yeah, so I was like, how could I, you know, put this to good use? And um, the images came first, you know, mm. strangely, before the script. Yeah. Um, and because I think very visually, and, um, and then later on, I actually edited the piece and then was thinking and then i actually wrote the words and the voiceover yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean the visuals are so strong i mean with the voiceover of course but the visuals were really i really loved
1: it and it really resonated with me um as someone who also went through and is going through the issues that you discussed in your film so it really resonated with me and i know it resonated with so many other people so thank you for opening up and being so vulnerable and you know sharing it with the world because it's not easy to do that um but yeah i love i loved the camera movements, and i loved the score it was a beautiful score by andy bauer and um i'm interested because i saw on your website that you also wrote that you're a choreographer so i was like curious if your experience as a dancer and dancing if that has any you know overlap in your directorial vision
2: uh for that piece I actually came up with the dance with some uh somebody else uh Heather Cohen so um but um the the short answer is uh, yes I I think that dancing and um it's funny. Okay, so this is actually a little insight that I guess you wouldn't get through just watching it or knowing me. Um, when I was in high school, I actually... Uh, so I was overweight and obese as a as a kid and in high school. I had to take dance for a semester because I wanted to take a film class in New York, so I couldn't play an intramural sport in preparatory school. And in these dance classes, I think because I was, uh, you know, l- larger than every other kid in this dance class, that they automatically put me as, like um the sound assist and the teacher assist so they actually didn't give me the option to dance
1: Ooh. oh my god oh my god. That, oh so me- god that is so messed
2: up that is so messed up Oh my god. yeah yeah so um dance wasn't something that I actually did until I went to college um mm. and I decided you know what I've always had an admiration for it and I was kind of peeved that I wasn't allowed to do it um so I and I've always you know wanted to go into uh You know, I said I love music, so I guess in terms of, like, music videos, I was like, oh, I should probably know a little bit of movement, or have an idea Mm -hmm. of movement, so I Mm -hmm. took a contemporary dance and modern class, and yeah, I just really loved it, and I I definitely don't consider myself an expert or a professional dancer in any means, but I I do love working with dancers um, and understanding their movement as well because I do think that dance is one of those things well anything really that can really be enhanced by film and just the movement of the camera I think they really speak beautifully together Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely I think my filmmaking is very much influenced by other mediums
0: (laughs) yeah I would like to say that you're in your direction when you're watching a movie you can tell just like your direction of camera and your direction of the motion and that's happening inside. It is like a choreographed dance. So Rebecca and I actually talked about that before your interview. We were like, there is a lot of choreography going on here. It's not mm-hmm. just your motion in bittersweet. It's not just your movement in bittersweet or the other films that you have excerpts of or on your website. It's that there is this marriage of camera and acting. And, and, and I think film is obviously your medium, <laughs> is what I would like to say to that. Um, but not perhaps your only medium, of course. But... Um, yeah i'd be interested to hear what other so dance is obviously a big influence on you what and music are are there like what in particular or who in particular music maybe are you influenced by or or what other mediums are you influenced by what what aspects of them
2: yeah um so (laughs) i was just listening to an interview from i believe it's his name is sean lowry uh he directed the Uh, night at the museum series yes of course (laughs) he initially wanted to be an actor he was he went into an acting program and he was like but I knew I wasn't great at it like it wasn't what I excelled (laughs) in but I knew I could direct he went to a program with a bunch of other really great actors um but I guess in that terms it's like knowing your lane um Mm. and and not and that doesn't it it sounds negative but it isn't like I love dancing Yeah, yeah yeah I love singing I love photography but again, I knew it wasn't like the thing that I was great at, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm lucky enough to be in the director position where I can kind of rely on other people who I'm like are great at what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of music and dance and photography, um, like Andy Bauer, someone who I've worked with quite a bit and Brianna Mann, who is my DP mm-hmm. for that project, um, just relying on them. But um yeah, I guess my, my first huge art influence was, was Sally Mann, who's a photographer. I don't know if you've ever seen her images, but they're stunning. Um, they're mainly of her children, uh, quite a controversial photographer because there were uh, nude photographs of her children. Oh, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, for her, it was just how her kids were raised in the yeah. wild, and there's something so tale esque about that. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she kind of captures the Southern goth. And there's just so much more in it. So I Mm -hmm. think that's why I was kind of first intrigued by that. Um, Musically, I think my father grew up playing soul music. So (laughs) Sam Cooke, The Temptations, huge inspiration. Um, In that way, I'm always kind of stuck in the 60s, 70s era (laughs) as far as tonality goes, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. um, uh, Yeah, and then... uh, yeah, those are my big influences. Film wise, uh, yeah, I said it already, but Hitchcock and yeah. David Lynch <laughs> yeah, are yeah, two yeah. people I hugely love. Um, yeah, and the Coen Brothers, obviously. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I I kind of like a... the the darker. <laughs> <laughs> darker yeah, but tones, it's such but... a
0: rich like tapestry. I think to continue on and and her own interpret you know spin on it and stuff. I think yeah. there's so much there. Yeah, yeah so you have your own voice too and it's very distinct very much so your own voice
1: and um yeah i just i love i love everything you do and i'm i'm interested in knowing if there is a difference in your experience in directing yourself like when you are also featured in the film like you were in bittersweet having the experience of also organizing you know crew behind the camera as well so like what were, were there any like big differences or was it all kind of just like you know it all just worked out really
2: well (laughs) (laughs) um so that one was so just there was literally three of us on set Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was a dp me and a line producer slash producer so it was it was a lot of work in terms of just like making sure the logistics were in order but um yeah i must have said a million times while i was on set like oh i didn't realize that it actually been fun the camera like it just clicked with me when i was there (laughs) Um, yeah I wonder if you know the people who were with me are like oh no um, yeah, no, no, no I think no. it ended up working out completely fine um, it it's yeah. all about being in the moment and being in the you know tonality of your piece of your film mm-hmm. um, and I think for that particular film it was a lot about just the aggressive nature of that relationship that I had mm-hmm. um, with you know myself and the shoot itself was very tiring and a little gruesome, and but in a way, like, I was able to push the subject because it was me, right? Like, yeah. I don't think I would have ever done that if it was somebody else. I would have, you know, not felt the, yeah. the, yeah, the audacity to do that, but because it was me, I was like, I, I can push my <laughs> limits a little bit here, um, just in terms of, yeah. you know, with dancing. It was very cold, like, almost, oh, I think, December then so I was dancing oh in the goodness. cold and yeah. hitting my knees on the floor and I was in a freezing cold tub and just <laughs> a lot of like aggressive things but, but yeah I guess long story short it's definitely different but it it had its ups and downs like I think it came across that I was able to kind of push my own limits um yeah
1: yeah and very elegantly mm-hmm. and it was you know it's yeah you're doing aggressive things like you said and there's chaos it's a little bit you know it's like overwhelming to watch in, in the best way possible because yeah. you you woven together you know you you found this balance of like elegance and darkness I don't know if that thank you pretty, you know if that <laughs> that makes sense but yeah no, I
0: love it um yeah, I mean so I was like watch again <laughs> like I was so I was I like watch, oh my god yeah. it's over I have to watch again because it, it And like you you said, what you're talking about, and I think because you allowed yourself to be so vulnerable, there's so much there to engage with, and it's it's such Mm -hmm. a wonderful film. Really,
1: go watch it. Go
0: (laughs) seriously, like stop.
1: I'm like giving we're giving you permission. Stop the podcast. Go 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 watch watch the movie. Come back. Um, So, like circling back to documentary, do you find that there's an overlap in your work in narrative film? versus documentary like have you learned something from either medium that yeah you know applies to the other
2: yeah um I think if you do a narrative film right there's always going to be hints of documentary and stuff in it mm-hmm. is what I think I've realized mm-hmm. right you're capturing a real story in some essence um but in the same sense I I think I've learned that in both, you have to be very respectful to what what the truth of the story is you know mm. um who you're basing your yeah. story on yeah. and just like um yeah being sensitive with that i i you're never going to get a story 100 percent like authentically correct right because by the nature of the medium you're altering it a little right by right. editing you're altering the story but um yeah, just making sure that you're not being, you know, gluttonous with your work. I, I always say that doing art is a is a privilege. And being able to tell other people's stories, you know, is a privilege. I, I really think pursuing art and having a roof over your head, I, I feel gratitude towards that. And when it gets hard, that's what I kind of remind myself. So yeah, I guess long story short is that within both, they're, they're definitely drastically different. Because <laughs> yeah. like I said, like with Bittersweet, it would, because it was me and my story, I can push myself, but in approaching a documentary, a more documentary style with a different subject, I have to be more mindful of the subject and their space, and um, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah.
0: I love how you said that, that both narrative and documentary, it's about, you have to honor the truth. So fearing a little bit more i'm definitely curious to to know more about your master's in nutrition and um pursuing that because i think you know on paper people will be like oh that's so different that's such a different field like why would you do like why why somebody do that you know um i think and then i
2: have a follow-up to that but
0: I'll, you can go ahead with that.
2: totally um yeah, it is. It is definitely different. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and lie and be like, they're the same. They're not. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <guess>. but yeah. <laughs> I think everybody tries to push me for that. They're like, oh, but there's ways you can make a documentary Find about food. Connection. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Right, but a that's not the angle. Like, I don't see myself <laughs> making the next Food ink, Although, maybe, but I don't see that happening. Right, that was, not right. like, a long-term goal. Um, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I think in in like with any artist's life you have to kind of be well rounded. You know? Oh, I mean yeah. people can argue otherwise for sure. Like people really don't weigh into it, but um no, I think you have to have a balance and for me, you know, like I said, science has always been an interest and I particularly am interested in nutrition in terms of how it helps your mental health. Okay, um yeah. so, you know, ultimately I would I would like to like side independent coach but uh, um even if I don't do something with that degree professionally like I, I think it is a value in my life I, I think I'm a constant learner um yeah so yes.
0: I. <laughs> we love that how, here on the podcast.
1: how appropriate you say that because that's a question we love to ask our guests is that I think all artists view ourselves as students for life and you know lifelong learners like you said in in what capacity are you striving to grow at this point point
2: in Uh, life where you are right now yeah um you know that's a question I was asking myself in terms of how my art growing and how am I changing and I think now um with the pandemic and all this social reckoning it's uh I actually neglected a lot of my own culture and my own story um, and learning how to face that, I think, is where I'm trying to grow and not be scared of who I am, you know, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, and where I came from, and just knowing that there's a story in there, too, and learning to accept that, um, but also just, yeah, being very open to other people's story. I think I'm constantly trying to find ways to be more, um, mindfully active, like, I, I obviously, I want to be, like, a I think there's so much performative a- activism going on these days. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the intention, the tension is totally there, but um, it doesn't really do much in the long run. So I think just right. thinking of ways that I can, you know, be c- cause change, but not, but not make it about myself. Um, mm. And yeah.
1: yeah. I love um, <clears throat> on your website, and this is related to what you just said that you're, interested in empowering through knowledge and that you as an artist you know believe that you should be as well-rounded as possible and you know you're doing this amazing documentary um about the indigenous women who go missing and I'm curious like what are what are the stories that you are interested in amplifying and what are the messages you want to share with the world
2: yeah um I guess uh, yeah in in my artist bio i always say that you know <laughs> i did a little under. stalking before the yeah. no no, no, no but it's such no. a lovely
1: quote though i mean yeah thank Same. you no
2: um no i was saying that like uh i've always been very inspired by you know all the artists i mentioned earlier or all um you know, not artists of color, so it's, a, it's a like, how do I take that tonality and tell these stories, but also rooted in maybe more, fem, you know, feminist stories, or more um, POC stories, and just being, you know, I, I, it's about time that I think we tell and narrate our own stories, you know, someone else yeah. isn't trying to tell my story, like, <laughs> or, mm-hmm, right. um, but yeah, I think I always strive to tell uh, stories about, um, just, yeah, women of color, to put it very uh, mm-hmm. forward. Um, mm-hmm. But also, um, I, I grew up part of hearing, so disabilities is something that I, I've been focusing on now, too, and just the lack of representation in the media. Um, yeah, I think people always say that, though. So I I always uh, want to create some agency and that I want to have you know characters that are probably women of color, or disabled, but that not be the focal point of the story, you know, I want to kind of move forward. Um, I think, I think identity stories are very important, right, and those are kind of what we need, but I I would like to hopefully in my lifetime make a step forward about that, where it's like, this is just a story where the character is a woman of color or a disabled character, but that is not what the whole thing is about, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, what a beautiful, um, future for growth <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. what a lovely yeah.
1: vision to carry through your work I think um, yeah very much needed and
0: now I know you're kind of like veering a- away from having science you know you have to marry the two which I, I agree like certainly don't have to take your two main interest or not even main interests but your two interests that people might know you for and be like you have to marry them together as I clap my hands together to show this um <laughs> but I'm wondering do this has come up a bunch with um recent guests that we've had on a kind of about like the line that is between like science and art and how they're kind of put up as pedestals sometimes do you do, do you i guess my, I'm, I'm curious about what your take is on bringing them together
2: yeah i think they're totally related like mm-hmm. i mean imagine you know the evolution of film couldn't happen without science like, oh ba- yeah creative. totally right right right, <laughs> and right, right. technology um but i guess at the very essence of it you know uh i'm like obsessed with einstein's theory of time you know oh my god (laughs) Um, really that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah that's so cool i really am um and how like time exists as a continuum like space right like it exists as space uh so i think my stories are constantly striving to 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 show that um continuum does mm-hmm, that make any mm-hmm. sense? Like, just the idea that I truly believe in living in the now, which is, like, totally <laughs> what's advertised in the wellness world, but the now is influenced by what you will be in the future and what you were in the past. So I think that my films kind of show the cyclical nature of life, and, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I gravitate towards stories about that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think they're totally interrelated. Um, I think they have to be, in a way. It's, yeah. Your life is always a balance of both. Um. Yeah, so just, Absolutely. I guess, yeah. <laughs> no, we're really um,
1: big about that on our podcast, I think. It's just, like, science and art don't have to be these two, like, dichotomies, you know, that they're not polar opposites, you know, there there is overlap and that there is so much opportunity for for connection across those two.
0: I love what, no, but I, I love what you said about time and this, like, continuum that you are... I'm still kind of thinking about that. I'm like, wow, that is so. Like, am I like I'm gonna be thinking about that after this? It,
2: it's fascinating, really. Um, yeah, I think it's something that I'm still trying to make sense of, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think some films do it, like a uh, you know Memento and oh, sure. like Christopher Nolan. I feel like is for sure obsessed with that concept. Oh, as for well. sure. Yes. Yes. I mean. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I still
2: um, haven't
1: watched his um his latest film, Tenet.
0: Yeah, I, I talk about
1: time. Have, I like. Yeah. I just. I know. I have to be in the right mental space for that.
2: <laughs> but okay. So, but this is like tangentially
0: related. But we could kind of dial back a little bit back to COVID. Yeah. Um, what was it like? You talked a little bit about how the set was impacted during Bittersweet, but like, what was it like making other forms of art during that time? It doesn't necessarily have to be about the making of Bittersweet, where it was like so restricted to who you know mm. your crew size even.
1: Or Um, did you, like, turn to something else during because of COVID?
2: Yeah, um, I think, like COVID, like many people during COVID, I've had a lot of time (laughs) in the beginning to think about, like, what do I want to do and what does this mean? And I I used it as a time to kind of um, develop stories that I wanted to tell. Uh, So in a way, I was blessed with that, you know, time. Um, And so during the period, I think I was really just – yeah, I had a lot of ideas that came to mind and which is why I was kind of pitching a lot and it gave me opportunity to kind of tell these stories. But yeah, I think it it really forced everyone to also slow down. Um, and I just realized that with everything that I tell, I want to be very intentional with it. And, um, I, I often feel sometimes guilty as an artist because it feels like an indulgent medium. Where, <laughs> you know, as a director, you're always like self-centered. So how to tr- how to make that medium a little bit more selfless? Um, I think was like something I was dealt like dealing with during the pandemic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was what were some conclusions? I mean, obviously, this doesn't have to be answered right away. But what are some things that you've like arrived at? Yeah. That make you feel like the medium can become less selfless, It can become more self less or less selfish
2: um yeah i think it's like like just what we've been talking about you know staying true to the essence of the story and wanting to tell stories of people who aren't often seen um and i i representation is important because I, I didn't really fully understand why it's, like, hugely important. But I think if you're growing up and you don't see anybody like you, you don't know what you could achieve in your own life, right? Like, if, like particularly in Asian culture, we wish like, Asian Americans were stripped from the history books. Like, I don't think, if you, like, ask people, like, famous Asian Americans in history, I don't think a lot of people can name anyone. So you don't think that you can make the history books, right? And I think in films, because I never saw, like, a lead Asian American character, I was like, oh, I can't have that agency of a lead character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess just being mindful with your intention, or at least for me, that's what I felt. And not every filmmaker has to do that. Like, you totally no, make a right. film that is for fun or that is, like, not your modality of storytelling. That doesn't have to be. But I just think for me, in order to feel aligned with my life and what I want to do, yeah, it was all about finding that that space. Because I was thinking, like, oh, should I shift towards you know, getting a PhD and, like, becoming a doctor and feeling like I was serving there, but I I knew that, this might sound a little weird, but I, I knew that the stories if that I wanted to tell or I tried to tell might not be told if I didn't go into filmmaking or directing yeah. versus, like, exactly. I didn't think I could make momentous change in the other field, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I yeah. love that you have this very conscious awareness of mm-hmm. yourself and 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 what you bring to the table it's very humbling (laughs) to to be talking to you about it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i guess really what the only thing that's really left for me to ask (laughs) you is about this very exciting it's a fellowship correct um that you're that you're doing that you've received in combination with gotham and
2: um oh it's ghetto film school
0: sorry it's ghetto film school yes ghetto film school not gotham ghetto film school and um finish it's it's just finish the script that's the challenge right yeah
2: it's um it was a challenge that's sponsored by ghetto film school and dobie um so yeah they they uh (laughs) they released a challenge um which was called finish the script and there was a one page that carlos lopez ashada had written um and you kind of had to create a story out of that um and i had received the email about it I read the script and I would say our ultimate story is a little different but it, it kind of deals with the same tonalities of just alienation and loneliness um and I was reminded of a story that my close friend and collaborator um Rocky Perez uh had told me of that she wanted to tell at some point as an act- actress um which was growing up with her brother who had Down syndrome in in, in Florida, uh, and just what that experience was um, to her and being able to capture that on film. And uh, yeah, and so then it developed into this, this script and this pitch, and uh, I am co-directing with um, Antonio Salume. Uh, he, so exciting is a Mexican director, so uh, he definitely can hone into that side of the story, and he, he tells things that are much more, you know, family relation rooted, and I think I'm more on the experimental side, so yeah. com- mm-hmm. combining the two t- tonalities definitely is where that works, and we work very well together, so I think it'll go well, um, but yeah, that's what I'm working on right now, uh, It's it's been really exciting, it's been very overwhelming, I think, in terms of yeah, just yeah, trying sure. to to shoot this 10-minute uh, p- script in January. So that's when we're aiming to film it. Wow, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it... For me, at least the part that I really resonated with me is just that idea of like a lo- alienation and isolation yeah. and loneliness. Because I think we're all feeling a little bit of that during the, during the yeah. pendiddy. I have a friend who says she refuses <laughs> to call it the pandemic. like She always says pendiddy. And I'm like, I kind of like that. I love that. It kind of adds that. some east, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds so yeah. stressful like you know? Um, <laughs> that we're living the in. The panini. In. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's,
0: that's so exciting, yeah, though. I cannot stress bit. how excited I am for you. and Very, very, like, right. yeah. I,
1: we... Sweet are so excited to share more information about that when the time comes so be sure to send us you know everything send everything our way and we'll be sure to help promote it and yeah we're really really excited to see where it goes congratulations it's awesome yeah yeah thank you yeah Yeah. so many amazing things amy you're you're taking the world by storm
2: so yeah (laughs) can't wait to see
1: can't wait to see where Uh. you go yeah
2: feel like i'm just starting so i really appreciate you saying that (laughs) yeah we all yeah yeah Yeah. no no it's fine i always feel like i'm starting but in a way i think that's that's okay that's a good thing too
1: i love that no i love love that that. you just said that yeah because we're always trying to reinvent ourselves and trying to improve and trying to grow and we're always starting in some capacity we're always finding some new ground that we're trying to cover and absolutely that's the life of the artist.
0: This might be, yeah. like, kind of a longer question, so, like, I don't, if, if you have to go, no no stress, but I think I was curious about, because you talked a little bit about it, what's your relationship like with social media and, and balancing that kind of, like, mm. having to put yourself out there, but also you want to tell these stories, like, what is that like for you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's something I've always, yeah, social media is something I've always, like, struggled with, just sometimes of, like, I feel like, yeah i really want to be in the moment and i feel it takes you out of the moment but at the same time i don't want to completely condemn it because it does so so much good for so many artists right Right. it gives them visibility and it it is their platform but um i think you know some of the greatest advice i got in terms of social media is like curating your feed towards you right Um, (laughs) allowing yourself to be very selfish with it because uh yeah you should be like it doesn't matter what you can you know like assuring that what you consume is like actually benefiting your life and that what you put out there is like authentic or if it's not authentic that you know hopefully other people are mindful of that right they're not like consuming stuff that is you know gonna create more harm in their life than good um Mm -hmm. but yeah so i think there's you know there's balance to everything and i think just being on the yeah, being understanding that, and I think we're of the generation that well, luckily enough we can kind of, you know, we were on the cusp of the yes the Instagram <laughs> yeah world, so yeah
0: yeah yeah. I think beautifully said as everything you've said, you're so eloquent. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been really Thank nice you. talking to you, Amy. Um,
2: Thank you. I,
0: I guess I I, I do want to get this one in because this one we haven't really asked in a while, Rebecca. But it's one that's been on my mind recently is what is advice that you would give to somebody who's maybe just like a little bit younger than us who's just trying to like you know who's been faced with this pandemic it's like trying to figure out what to do next like what would your advice be for someone like that I
1: have not asked that question in a really long time mm.
2: uh, oh what a tough question um <laughs> it's so much harder said than done but I guess not to think about life as a competition mm. uh to focus on yourself and that the measure of success has nothing to do with like attention right um yeah, yeah, yeah. and that yeah uh but I think for me that's always been a struggle when in industry that's like so like even film school you know I I, <laughs> I loved NYU Tish, but I think it bred such a like ground of like competition um yes and i think think where i was able to feel like safe and confident like find find what you know your voice is because that's gonna make you feel confident and safe in your own art like what can you tell that nobody else can tell and not to try to be inauthentic like don't tell a story because you think it's popular in the moment you know like it will find its relevancy but i think so many people like chase things or stories that they think like other people will like, but if you don't feel akin like into it, it's not going to resonate, you know, it's not going <laughs> to, it's something you have to stick with, right, um, yeah, and I think yeah. so many times I had, I always had this weird feeling, because I, I felt like people, yeah, were like, not like jealous, but I think a lot of stories I tell has to do with like trauma that I've incurred, or life that I lived, and mm-hmm. people felt like, oh, but I didn't grow up like that, and I'm like, no, but you definitely have your own baggage, right, <laughs> and your own things, and yeah, I just, I, I guess focusing on, yeah, really just seeing your own lane, um, mm. yeah, is important, um, and to, uh, this is something that I wish I did more in life, just to, like, seek out mentorship, like, I think people like talking and, like, yes, giving advice, yeah. and yeah, um, yeah, and to not be scared of doing that, uh, yeah, and I guess the third thing is, like, put down your phone and live in nature for a little bit. I think we're so consumed with like just, you know, this especially during the pandemic. It's like we're on our computers, we're on our phones and that's great in terms of yeah. connecting with your friends, but it I think you're going to lose your voice if you don't give yourself a second of like silence, just being away and yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That really resonates with me, especially yeah. like this comparison because I felt that I I felt that at our school too and I felt like during the pandemic, when I was when when that was all removed from me because we were all isolating at home, we were all by ourselves. I finally like turned back to like drawing for the first time in so long, and it was so that really resonates with me because I had kind of let go of that in college, and just to come back to it and hold on to it more strongly now, it's it's kind of beautiful. So I definitely.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, like no one's gonna draw the thing that you draw. So the fact that yeah. you think you're competing with someone else is like, you know what I mean? You're not. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. people forget that. Or like, even your script ideas or or your music composition, like, it it's so unique to you. And just remembering that. Um, yeah. So as long as you stick to your story and what you believe, it's it's gonna be fine. But if you try to tell someone else's story or some other thing that is inauthentic to you then yeah it won't resonate right it won't last, yeah
1: Yeah. and that your biggest competition competition that your biggest competition is yourself and and battling those inner demons that you're dealing you know that we deal with and the anxiety that we deal with with our art and the vulnerabilities with the art I mean trying not trying to conquer that but trying to find a balance within all of those emotions I mean Yeah. yeah yeah staying true to yourself focusing on yourself it's really important perfect advice so amy thank you so much for coming thank on the show it was Seriously, truly such yeah. a pleasure speaking with you um so if you could just sign off and tell us where our listeners can find you on social media um you know give us your website where we can watch your films that would be amazing
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm Amy B. Tiong, and you can find me, um, you can find my website at amybtiong.com, and my Instagram is amybtiong, so pretty easy. <laughs>
0: <Awesome>. <laughs> and as always, we'll have everything linked in our description Yeah, underneath the episode.
2: And
1: on our website.
0: <laughs> and on our website, which is huge news. <laughs> yes, we just, we <laughs> just launched our website, so it will be live when Amy's episode is out, when you're listening to it right now. Oh, which we didn't say. It's the podcast imperfect.com. <laughs> <laughs> we are new to this. always oh, No, yeah. our
1: listeners are just mind readers.
0: <laughs> um, but, Amy, honestly, thank you. I'm, I'm so Yeah, I, yeah we should definitely get together sometime. It'd, it'd be nice to reconnect. Well, thank you so much,
1: Amy, for coming on the show. It was so wonderful to meet you and to discuss your work. And truly so much of this conversation resonated with me and i know it will resonate with a lot of our listeners
0: as well so it totally resonated with me as well yeah
1: yeah you should totally go check out her work on her website amybtiong.com or follow her on
0: instagram at amybtiong super easy for us to remember everything will be linked as always in the episode notes and you can follow her directly through our instagram which is the podcast imperfect where you can find updates And see more of Amy's work. As we mentioned before, our website is live! (laughs) (laughs) Woo! A lot of sweat and teeth grinding, no tears, but teeth grinding. (laughs) Teeth grinding. Aligning things. If you've ever used Squarespace, not sponsored, if you've ever used Squarespace to make a website, aligning certain things and backgrounds can be difficult. We would love for everyone to go check out our website. It's thepodcastandperfect.com where you can find everything about our shows, our featured artists, um, a little bit about ourselves, and so much more to come. We have so many exciting things planned for everyone here.
1: And it looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. It is a visually stunning website, so go view it on your desktop.
0: Please don't look at it on your phone. <laughs> it's fine on your phone. Just please don't do that to me.
1: <laughs> Kara put in a lot of work on aligning of those, those images. Of those so. images, yes. But it's it's beautiful. And it was so much fun to work on it with you.
0: Oh, Thank you, Rebecca. It was awesome working on it with you. As this whole show is, I can't wait. Ugh, but seriously, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I get really emotional because this is like, I probably say this all the time, but this was like a dream. This is really like working on a dream come true in a, in a lot of ways. And working with Rebecca is just so wonderful. And to have people so interested in our show, it's so special. So we welcome all feedbacks and comments. So don't be shy. Let us know how you're feeling about it. Let me know if the website is crap and I am just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> um, but drop us a line you can email us if you would like to be on the show you can obviously dm us at our instagram but you can also email us at the podcast imperfect at gmail.com or you can write us a note on our website directly um what else you can follow me Kara at quiet open space all one word and you can follow me rebecca at rebecca niska music yeah so that's it let, that's <laughs> it let us know what you think and thank you so much